Amanda Knox is a Netflix documentary about 20-year-old Amanda Knox who is doing a study away program in Italy. A month after her arrival, her roommate, Meredith Kircher, was murdered in their apartment. Amanda was convicted of her murder, spent four years in Italian prison, and then was later acquitted. Welcome back to Big Doc Energy. Sam Bird here. Kayla's on the mic. Give me the one, two, three. One, two, three. Yes. So <laughs> we have got a very exciting, well, next few episodes uh, here at Big Doc Energy. And today you will be listening to episode one of the Amanda Knox series. Now, this is very exciting because we will be having Amanda Knox herself on the next episode but before you listen to that you're gonna hear us talk shit because the thing is i don't really want to say some of the stuff um to amanda directly <laughs> um i want to talk about a few things without her being here um maybe it's like better for me to kind of say my opinion and then make her change it i mean yeah between that and the fact that we don't know how long we're going to get her for, we don't want to keep her forever. So I think that if Sam and I kind of go over our thoughts about the whole situation in general and then kind of get Amanda in on the end to ask her all of our like most important questions. Yeah, and I think this podcast will be a good opportunity for... I mean, it will bring up some questions. We'll start talking and someone will think, hmm, I think I'll um, ask Foxy Noxy about that one. <laughs> Foxy Noxy. So how did... Uh, let's talk to them about how we got Amanda on the podcast. Uh, well, very similar to uh, <laughs> how you started this relationship with me. <laughs> An- another slide into the DMs. I just literally slid into Amanda's DMs <laughs> and she was like, oh, you look like a cool British guy. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll speak to you for a bit. So I guess that was basically it, really. It yeah. was a DM. Amanda's been liking Sam's tweets for a little while, a couple of days Look, now since we talked to her and now he's convinced. Uh, you know, Amanda likes people from, you know, overseas. We know that. <laughs> um, oh my God. <laughs> started with a young, handsome Italian and she's, maybe she's, you know, honing in on a hot British guy. I don't know. I'd say watch out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Sure. All right, no, actually, Amanda's happily married now. So, and I'm engaged. So I guess... Maybe that'll, in an, that'll never happen. Maybe in another lifetime. Maybe in another lifetime. <laughs> um, but in this lifetime, Amanda Knox, oh God, she got herself into a right pickle. Probably not her fault, but she was in a pickle. See, I think that this podcast in general is going to be one of those that might piss some people off. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I feel, I feel like... When you watch a documentary like this one, and this is the one we're going to cover, because there are a lot of different videos, and you can get yourself into a rabbit hole on this, but we're talking about the Netflix documentary about Amanda Knox. And, you know, they are going to leave some stuff out, and they're going to include some stuff. And at the end of the documentary, you probably will have your opinion whether you think Amanda Knox commit this crime or not. But there's always going to be someone that has their own thoughts. And we've already, I think I've already, we've already seen on Twitter... We've had some people kind of given their, um, we do say this phrase, given, you know, given their 20p, given their 20 pence. <laughs> I, know, I know you don't say that because that's not, obviously you're not no, American, but. we say giving the two cents. Yeah, <laughs> we say 20p. No, but there or are. Or do you say this one, who 
goth, when someone like you, one of your friends who doesn't really talk a lot, and then like you're having a conversation, then suddenly he like pipes up and tries to in- interrupt the conversation. You're like, cool, who put one pound in him? <laughs> you know, like a like at the, the fairground. I you think put that a pound in the pa- or like a jukebox. You put a pound in, it starts playing music. I think that is actually something that like old men say in America, but I, they probably say like who oh put, who put a coin or who put a quarter in him. I've never yeah. said that, but yeah, you have yeah. the phrase. <laughs> we do something like that. Anyway, we have had a lot of anyway, people on um, Twitter ba- talking ba- stuff. Yes, back to that. I feel like this is one of those cases where it's very. I feel like a lot of people have their own opinions. Like you're going to either watch everything about Amanda Knox and think she's definitely guilty or you're going to watch everything and you're going to be like, there's no freaking way. And I feel like there's just no in between when it comes to this case. So um, I think that our opinions obviously are our own. Um, We're saying how we feel about things and we're basing this situation solely on the Netflix documentary. So what was inside of that and what is entailed in the Netflix documentary? We're not talking about the crazy, I didn't go read the court cases. I didn't, none of that. Okay. We're no, this just, is big we're doc just, energy. We're it's just about the documentary in <laughs> yes. question. Yes. So the information that they gave us on there is what we're going by. I'm sure we could get into like crazy theories and all of that, but we're solely staying on that. So just stick with us on that. And I'm sure that you guys have other feelings. And if you have those, feel free to tweet them at me because I always like to learn. So, I mean, I'm willing to listen if you guys have a different opinion than me. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you got you got to uh, give the opinion like this. Uh, this is our opinion based on the documentary. Mm-hmm. This isn't Crime Busters, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you <laughs> I'm know, not out there trying to solve this case. Yeah, <laughs> me and Kayla, we're, we're busy. We don't have time <laughs> to read all the the court facts and you know all the stuff that was said in a police interviews. I'm sure there was a lot, but you know it, it is covered in the documentary. I think you get a quite. I mean, she's in it. That's the one thing. She is in it. So there, if you want to go from a um, you know, a stat who who want, who's it geared towards? When Amanda's talking, obviously it's going to be geared to her being innocent because that's what she believes. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like the documentary is obviously in favor of Amanda. It's called kind um, of. Um, well, listen, I'm getting there. It's called Amanda Knox. It's literally named after her. So I think it is a little bit skewed in her favor, but. I will say that the director of this intentionally added the British newspaper guy and he added the detective. The newspaper guy's name was Nick Pisa and the detective Giuliano Magnini. And they both didn't seem to like Amanda very much. So they added them in, which kind of gave us another ulterior. um, What do you how do you call that? Like. I know. A different side <laughs> opinion, of the story. Opinion. <laughs> Ulterior yeah. opi- opinion. Because it wasn't just Amanda telling her story. There was other people talking about the case. And it seemed like they didn't like her very much. So I feel like we kind of did get sort of both sides. But I do think it was geared to favor Amanda a little. Yeah. yeah. only. Uh, but I think it's only because she was telling the story. And she's maintained her innocence. You know, throughout this sort of thing. So... That's just she, I mean, that's just the way it is. And, and to be fair, I prefer a documentary, um, especially when it's a crime one, when the person's in it. Because 
You know, you really like get you 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 manage to make up your mind a bit easier. Yeah. When the person's in it, I feel. And just, uh, the thing about Amanda, in my opinion, is that she is very. You can tell that she's nerdy for sure, but she's also very smart. So, just her talking, I feel like, makes me want to like her. <laughs> like she's, she's very, a great, yeah, she's a great she's storyteller. A, if I mean, if you're gonna, you know, for this to happen to her, normally it's just you know, probably someone quite boring. But it turns out Amanda is, like I said, in, intelligent and she's a great storyteller. A great person to kind of get famous <laughs> out of this because she does talk well. and She's just really smart. You can tell yeah. that she knows what she's trying to portray and she says it in the correct way that you want to listen. Like you're captivated by what she says because she says it in such a smart way. So, I mean, I guess that might play into people thinking that she's guilty too because she can almost seem calculated. It's almost like... It's almost like if she were guilty, they think that she's smart enough to get away with this. Yeah, and I, I mean, some people I think feel like she's had a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, she now has a really good podcast. She has made a career out of being, you know, convicted of killing someone. So if and if if you if you wanted to, you could calculate that she tried to kill someone, got away with murder, and made a career out of it, and it was all part of a master plan that's a not my opinion i think that's a that would be a crazy stretch but i mean honestly i would like to go into this podcast since we really haven't gotten into the documentary yet but i would like to go into this letting you guys know that i i definitely don't think that anything is a hundred percent like i could say I think Amanda Knox is 100% or sorry, I think Amanda Knox is innocent, but I'm never going to say I think she's 100% innocent because we just never know. You don't know. You don't, We weren't there. We can't say Amanda's definitely innocent. No one can. Yeah, I suppose. But OK, so what about Greg Kelly? Was he 100% innocent? I don't know that either. Yeah, okay, well, we, we could say about that. I mean, I can say that I don't think so. Yeah, but you could say that about pretty much everything in life. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Unless you're there every time. Right, I get that. It, exactly. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I think that being a normal human, I would like to think that because there's not enough evidence, in my opinion, in this case, to say that Amanda did it that I don't think that she did. But I also don't have any idea. Maybe she freaking did. But I don't about, know. Um, OJ Simpson. Is he 100% did do it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't think he did. But what if... I mean, no, I, no, do, I do so think he did. But what if he didn't? <laughs> <laughs> I think this there's is... Always, there's always that line of like, maybe not. Or maybe they did. You just can't say. You can't. You can't. You can't, I and and I don't like <laughs> I don't like when people go through life thinking that they're a hundred percent correct on something. Like there's people on Twitter all the time. They're like, Amanda did it, and it's like, how the heck do you know? Like you don't. And I could say the same for people that say that she didn't do it. Like how the heck? You're just as bad. Like we don't know. We weren't there, so you can never be a hundred percent sure. But I'm open to interpretation, and I'm open to an argument of both ways because we just don't know. Yeah, I, I I personally think as well. Um, I'm just gonna try and call you out on here. Yeah, go for it. So, I know like, we haven't gone into the documentary, <laughs> but you, 
as a hu- not not necessarily just you as a human mm-hmm. all of us yeah we're gonna be geared right so when you see someone on twitter saying she did do it right th- that probably annoys you a bit right she's like you don't know like you just said that 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 probably gets to you a little bit in terms of that you shouldn't say that yeah i guess so. it affects you but when someone if someone tweeted you about amanda because you're 95 percent sure she didn't do it mm-hmm. it's when they tweet saying oh she didn't do it she was innocent she had nothing to do with it i probably w- you wouldn't even think about that one do you know what I mean? So as a, a human, we're probably, we do technically take sides all the time. But like you said, we just never really know. Of course. And I think it's human nature to obviously pick a side and think a certain way. But what I'm saying is I don't like when it's people aren't open to thinking the other way. I think there's always a, an area of wanting to learn more or know more and take in other people's opinions in order to grow and and learn and see someone else's opinion and i don't think that it's always black or white there's always room to take in in opinions that's what i'm saying yeah i i i i do agree with you but then i think it sometimes depends for you know like you know that today we, me and kayla watched um a documentary about westboro baptist church yeah they i'm like so obsessed with it right, right so now. they have some <laughs> strong opinions um they their opinions uh you know anti gay people and all that sort of stuff i wouldn't be open to their opinions <laughs> to be honest no i mean here's the thing okay because they have a certain no, way no, no, so, no, so they won't they won't see our way will they they'll then they'll never see that i don't want to i don't want to go down the westboro baptist lane right now because that's a whole nother topic but i could still defend what i'm saying by saying that i don't agree with a lot of the things that westboro baptist people do i think that they're insane but i've watched now two or three documentaries about them. I've listened to a couple of podcasts about them and there are points within what they believe that I kind of get where they're coming from. They just do it in a super radical way. That's like so unnecessary and and is not correct, but there's always that glimmer, but we're getting way off track. Yeah. I mean, maybe we could, we could cover (laughs) that, that documentary. If you guys are interested in something that just, you could go down a total rabbit hole, look up Westboro Baptist. Um, Joe Rogan did a really great podcast with a girl named, uh, Ma- uh, sorry, Megan Phelps. It was very eye-opening. It's such a rabbit hole. I have been obsessed with it for the past three days, and I need to just get out of that rabbit hole and get back into this one. So let's <laughs> go yeah, into the Amanda one. Knox documentary and dive right in. So I want to tell you something that I don't know if I've told you. Oh, go on. You're pregnant. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. What if I announced it like that? Like on this podcast, that would be so crazy. Yeah. I I would be pretty shocked. I'd leave it (laughs) in though. Got to get those views up. We're trying to get a sponsorship. (laughs) No, not that. Clear Blue, sponsor us. (laughs) Um, Anyway, brought to you by Clear Blue. I'm just kidding. Um, So something that I actually, I think I have told you, but I need to tell the world that I did read half of the Amanda Knox book. Yeah. Yeah. I read books. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, do, I do not yeah i read half of it um not because it wasn't interesting but because i just lost i just don't have a attention span for reading to be honest but mm-hmm. maybe someday i'll finish it it's still in my apartment but i feel like that was a really interesting book and kind of gave me a lot of insight onto like how she was thinking during this entire situation so i read that after i watched this documentary and i thought it was really interesting so this is not a plug for Mana's book whatsoever, but if you like reading, I think it's really good. Anyway, um, so the documentary starts out 
pretty much talking about Amanda and how she is 20 years old and going away to study abroad in Italy. Yeah. So she's just like this normal kind of geeky girl goes away to Italy. And I think the craziest part about, well, not the craziest part about this whole thing, but a crazy part about this is that she was really only in Italy for a month before Meredith yep. died. She was enjoying herself. Bit of pizza. Bit of pizza, pasta, penis. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, she was 20. She was having a good time. She was. She met a lovely Italian man. His name was Raffaele. Raffaele. Tagliatelli so Raffaele. He's oh. a great guy. <laughs> he, she was living the Italian dream. She was. I mean, that is kind of like such a dream for a lot of American students. They're like, oh, my God. I'm going to go study abroad in Italy. And then it's just so crazy that she was there for a month and this whole like nightmare happened. Yeah. She, <laughs> she thought she was signing up to go abroad and she signed up for a life of craziness. Yeah, probably not the best, um, the best summer, but whatever. Uh, she said that. I mean, we actually, I might ask her this. Do you remember that? So you seen that tweet that she did the other day? Yes. I saw it cause it was, um, it came up on my Twitter from, like the UK press. Mm-hmm. So what was the tweet again? Actually, it was something to do with her time there. Oh, no, it was about the election. Yeah, it was about uh, Donald Trump. She said something along the lines. Let me get the tweet up. Okay. You carry on talking. Um. So anyways, she is there for about a month, but at, towards the end, when, uh, right before Meredith gets killed, um, she meets Rafael Celestido and she had only been dating or talking to him, having sex with him, whatever you want to call it, for about five days before Meredith got killed. Only five. Imagine meeting a girl, an American girl. She is here studying in Italy and you're like, oh, this American girl. And then five days later, you guys are both in this situation of possibly going to jail for murder forever. Like, what are the chances of that? Probably not high. <laughs> not high. She she had a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, I got the tweet up now. Okay. So this is yeah. So she didn't have a great time in Italy, as um as everybody knows now. Yeah. yeah. So her tweet was: Whatever happens, the next four years can't be as bad as the four year study abroad I did in Italy, right? <laughs> that was. I mean, I get it. How many funny. likes and retweets does that have? Uh, I mean, I haven't got the original tweet on here, uh, okay. but I have got. I mean, I mean, there's no point getting on it, but we, there were so many like people not happy about that. Oh my god, so many people! I looked at the comments; they were um, so pissed because you know they thought it was tasteless because someone got murdered. But the tweet's not about that. It, you know, we're not like I so said, we won't get into that. I tell you what, we'll save that and we'll ask Amanda Knox about the tweet. So let's carry on with the case. Something to look forward to for next episode, guys. I promise you, I will ask her. Yeah, for sure. That is like a must do because that literally just happened like, yeah. what, last week that she tweeted that and people That'll were be so a pissed. Big Doc Energy exclusive. We need a noise for that, probably. Oh, we should, right here. There you go. There's <laughs> the big Doc. Do you know, every time you do that, it's annoying because when I edit this podcast, I now have to find a noise. You're now giving me work to do. Sorry. I have to search the internet to find a new noise. <laughs> yeah, you do. Thanks. Yeah, that's what comes with being the editor of this podcast. Okay, anyway. So, um, pretty much, she meets Raffaele, and they're having a great time. They have five days together. She's fallen in love. She's like, oh, this guy's great. He's Italian. I love him. And um, Meredith, she ends up, well, in her, what she says, she leaves Raphael's house 
She goes to her own apartment to take a shower. She walks in. She finds Meredith dead on the floor with a, a sheet or a blanket or something covering Meredith's body. Mm-hmm. And she calls the police. So. No, she doesn't. She get Raffaele around. Did she call Raffaele first? Yeah, I think because he calls the police because he's Italian. So she, I think she wanted him to portray the information in Italian because it'll be quite difficult. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. He called the police. I remember him having an interview about it. Wait, so do we think that's weird that she didn't call the police first? She called Raffaele? Well, no, no, no. So she gets to the house. Yeah. She sees some weird stuff. You know, the poo in the toilet? Yes. Yeah, and some blood. And the she blood, yeah. And then Meredith's door's shut. So she's a bit freaked out. The poo actually freaked her out, I remember. <laughs> Not the blood, the poo did, though. The poo did. <laughs> um, so then she called Raffaele and was like, there's a weird vibe in the house. Oh, that's right. And he broke down the door. He th- Exactly. Got no, it. no, no, no. He then called the police. <laughs> and then the police broke down the door. You wrote all, you've got all the notes. <laughs> I'm just going through memory right now. Sorry. I'm just the plus one. Look at me. I'm like, I've got it all up here in my brain. Anyway, regardless, regardless, doesn't so matter. The logistics don't matter. That's I skipped over that part in my notes. because really? it, We're just getting to the big stuff on this one because yeah. there's so much that goes into it. Yeah. So regardless. You forgot the fact Raffaele had Rice Krispies for breakfast. <laughs> Why is that in your notes? I probably will. Someone will tweet me about this and be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. Like, oh my God, sorry. Don't worry. <laughs> I got you guys. I knew. Jesus. So any of the police uh, um, turn up, break down the door and find um, Meredith body covered in blood there's been a murder yeah you that? that was a good one a murder there's been a murder <laughs> wow that sounds so cool in the microphone <laughs> um yeah so horrible stuff uh unfortunately uh there's been a, a horrific murder and it's amanda knox's roommate yeah and this is kind of where it all starts to kind of really go wrong for amanda she obviously one was one was the one that walked in and found Meredith so that isn't good obviously and she's the one that had the cops called either she did or Raffaele whichever it doesn't matter but then um the Italian police start kind of keeping an eye on Amanda they find that she's acting a little bit strange because of the way that she is showing kind of like loviness towards her boyfriend and they think that that's really suspicious and they take note of it. And I think the camera people that were there for the news kind of took note of it too. I don't know if that's a cultural difference or if, I don't know, you've been to Italy before and you're obviously not American. Do you think that that would have been weird? Uh, uh, Like the way that she was acting towards Raphael after the murder, do you think that you would have thought that was weird? Or do you think maybe that's a cultural thing? Or what do you think? I don't, I don't think it's a cultural thing. Um, you don't think Italian people are just more like... No, I don't think so. Okay. If anything, they're actually quite open. Um, you, you, the European way is very much, you know, kiss on the cheek and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it's like affection. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how Italians deal with murders. <laughs> but at the no? same time, I think they're, they're still... It's, it's, it's not like uh, affection is in public, especially is unheard of. Right. Um, so I think you've got to go down the route of, well, we spoke about this before. So we might as well, this is, this is mine and Kayla's opinion. Um, if for, if, for example, if me and Kayla met in Italy for the first, like for the first week, me and Kayla, 
oh, kisses, we're <laughs> right? We're, we're affectionate to each other. Still are, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but either way. I don't know why you needed to add that in. No, either way. <laughs> but either, either way, um, we, we're in our little bubble. Mm-hmm. She's got, and we, you know, you have a roommate that you don't really, like, you do know and you live with her, but you're in your little, I've got a new boyfriend bubble. Yeah. You like, you know, you like to be, when you're sad, you want me to give you a hug or yeah. a kiss or whatever, as most women do, I think. Yeah. Which is, so I would do that. I wouldn't think in my brain, oh, I better not give her a, an affectionate, lovey, it will be okay, hug and a kiss, just in case the cameras think that we've murdered Meredith. That wouldn't go through my mind one bit. Actually, the opposite. If we would have murdered, sorry, <laughs> whoa, I didn't mean to say it like that. If you and I were in a situation where my roommate had just died and we had just committed that crime, I don't think that we would be hugging and kissing each other. No, it'd be quite, I mean. It would be, we'd be nervous. Yeah. I think that. You'd be looking at the cameras, you'd be on edge, you wouldn't be relaxed, you'd be like, oh my. Oh my God. What uh, what about if they think, well, they think it's me. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. So that's why, that is, that's one of the reasons why a lot of people, that's a famous um, clip is them hugging and kissing as the police are going into the house. But as we explain now, what I I think now now I say it out loud and you telling me that, you know, what a reaction you would be more freaked out. You probably wouldn't even be there. Yeah, I no. mean, I d- there's a lot of things that I don't yeah, know why if, people. If they did kill her, why would they have been the ones to call the cops? You don't kill someone and leave her body there, and then you're like, ring ring, hello. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. Like that, people think that Amanda Knox is so calculated and genius that she did that but whatever i mean i don't want to go into that because that's not what we think so um right but but back to that really quickly i agree with you in the fact that i don't think that the hug and the kiss was suspicious behavior i think that i would have probably looked the exact same way if i had a boyfriend at the time and you have to take into mind that like she didn't know meredith they hung out probably a bunch but they didn't know each other for very long. So like I could kind of see why she wasn't sobbing somewhere. She was, you know, she was sad, but she just wanted comfort and she's probably scared. I mean, imagine you're 20 years old and your roommate just got murdered in the apartment that you live in. You would be s- terrified. Like that could have been me. Yeah. Uh, that is one actually thing that I don't think the documentary really made clear is Amanda Knox's relationship with Meredith. Um, and maybe that's something I can ask her. What was the, like the real relationship? I don't think they covered that. She said we knew each. She w- it, that they skipped over it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. There's. I'm not like she. I'm not saying that they were definitely like best friends hanging out because she spent most of the time uh, with Raffaele. Well, it toward, sounded like towards the end because she only knew Raffaele for five days. She right. lived there for a month. So she still lived there for a month. So she still saw her. So I. I mean, I, I'd be interested in asking him. Amanda and I will I'll stick to my word how well she knew her did they go to the club together because it's very brushed over on the documentary it seems like more of a a passing relationship they live together but they have their own friends and lives yeah so we'll find that out no, um, I totally agree because I think that does that does make a difference on people's opinion for sure yeah I mean if they spent every day together for the full month not saying that either way you're uh, you can't define how someone should act in a no, moment true. of of grief yeah i agree with you there you you, you can't really determine how someone's going to act in a in a crazy situation like that yeah definitely not so from that point on they well first of all the detective said 
<laughs> that the body was covered with a blanket. So because of that, all of a sudden, it has to be a girl who committed this crime, a woman, because a man wouldn't take the time to cover up a body like that. Throughout the whole documentary, um, the investigator, Bignini, um, he's a fucking donut, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> like he's an absolute donut and i feel like there's a lot of that goes into his character he doesn't throughout the documentary i might as well speak about him because i don't really want to speak about him too much <laughs> i don't want to speak about this italian donut that much but his whole he doesn't want to i feel like he's got a bit of anger towards women maybe he was dumped at a young age yeah he's got like a complex about him doesn't he He does and he think he doesn't like to be proved wrong uh he compares himself to sherlock holmes not <laughs> a real person um <laughs> carries a pipe like sherlock holmes <laughs> he's a guy that sh really shouldn't be in this position i feel like nothing's ever happened in this town where he's from and he's loved he's got he got into this position because he loved sherlock holmes he loved being when he had this like dream of being an investigator and finally something's happened apart from stole someone stole a bit of pizza from the local bloody pizza yeah. shop yeah you know i feel I mean? like that him looking at the body and seeing a blanket over top and him looking at it being like it's got to be a woman I bet, it, I bet in that moment he went hmm <laughs> this looks like it would have been a woman and then he like took a hit out of his pipe yeah <laughs> watson what I've got a clue. This <laughs> couldn't have been a man. That's exactly what it was like. Yeah. Like, what the heck? That is the weirdest. It's like the whole time to me, it felt like he was just taking puzzle pieces and trying to like smash them together. Like this will fit. <laughs> this makes sense. Like what the heck? So um, to me, that was really funny. And then he pretty much says that, well, and this is another way that he tr just tried to make puzzle pieces fit together is that it had to be a sex game gone wrong because Amanda, her name back in America is Foxy Noxy. So to him, that was just sexual. And this must have just been a sex game. Like, I feel like what? I feel like with the sex stuff um, is that. The detective was like really influenced by the media. Now, like when this all went down, this obviously back, you know, back in the day when it what was the date of this crime? <laughs> Two thousand and something. Yeah. So when this happened, it was a big media frenzy. It went crazy. So the Italian uh, police that were absolute shambles that didn't collect much DNA when you know the murder actually happened, they suddenly like were under a lot of pressure. Yeah. So they were fed all this information, and you know, like I said. Foxy Noxy back in the day and all that sort of stuff. So they were like, again, this is another part of the investigator thinking, I'm going to put another, make a piece fit into this puzzle that doesn't fit. He decided to go down the route of the sex game just because the police did. I mean, uh, the media did. So it's just another one of like rubbish t detective work. Yeah. At Made the no sense. At the end of the day, if you really lay out the whole situation that they tried to portray and that they took to court was that they thought Amanda Knox had a roommate and then had a boyfriend that she wanted to have a threesome with along with some random guy. And We haven't even spoken about the random guy yet. 
Yeah, we'll get to it. But the the that her roommate didn't want to have sex with them, so she killed her. Like, in what world does that ever actually happen? Like, I'm not saying that. I know. Every time I ask someone for a threesome and they say, now I go, that's no problem. It's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, then I, and then I don't kill them. It's <laughs> okay. It's not for everyone. Thank, <laughs> thanks for being polite. I just thought I'd ask, you know. <laughs> Didn't want to leave you out. I saw you sitting there. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> anyway, it's just very unlikely. Like, I think that it just sounds like a made up story that didn't happen. I mean, I'm not saying that Amanda 100% wasn't involved, but that story definitely didn't happen. No way did she kill Meredith because no. she didn't want to have a sex party with her no. that just doesn't happen it doesn't happen so the threesome then so who's who's the third guy let's talk about him the third guy is rudy oh fuck he's got a weird last name goody 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 but we, we'll just call him rudy, rudy goody <laughs> <laughs> he's just always called rudy because right, he has you. a weird last name yeah so anyway yeah rudy um ended up being the actual person who committed this crime. So, uh, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. He comes well, so he comes into the picture because his DNA is found at the crime scene, correct? Yeah. So originally, and here's the thing that a lot of people are upset about. Before Rudy comes into the picture, Amanda actually told the detectives that she had a dream or a vision that her boss from the bar that she worked at, Patrick Lumumba, was the one who killed Meredith. <clears throat> Whoa. Was the one who killed Meredith. She said this, um, I guess because she had a very long interrogation and it was just like a false confession. And a lot of people are upset about that because they think that she confessed to all of these things because she actually did it. But she says she confessed because they were abusing her and it was a long day of interrogation. So... That is always, you know, a part of the reason why people don't but like Amanda. Either way, either way, she didn't throw herself under the bus. Like, it's not like she admits, like, okay, I did it, I did it. She she got, like, she got confused and, like, no one, if you're going to say, oh, I would never, ever say anything um, that wasn't true to an investigator, if you're 20 years old, you're tired, you're in Italy, you're being smacked about, you have no idea what you'd say to get out of that situation. You know, you, you just you just don't know. So I feel like lots of people are upset about it, but I actually don't really judge her for that. Also, we have to take into consideration that she's in a foreign country. These people are speaking Italian. It's like there would be a lot going on in your head. Like, I don't really understand these people that well, and I'm scared. I, it just so much plays in. So, like, I totally understand a false confession from her and saying that Patrick was involved when really he he wasn't because we don't really know what happened behind closed doors with her and the investigator but who knows there's always that chance that I, I don't know yeah. we just don't know we don't know either way Patrick didn't do it so he's out Patrick ended up getting exonerated or not exonerated but they found out that his alibi checked out for that night so he definitely wasn't involved but Rudy definitely was because they found his DNA at the crime scene so he's the guy that did it and he currently is in prison for this crime and has previously which they covered in the documentary said that he knows that Amanda wasn't there 
And then he changed his story. And it's just this whole, like, no, nothing makes sense. I have a question. Yeah. Rudy, you said that Rudy is in prison. Right. I, am I right in thinking Rudy's not in prison for doing the actual murder? No, he is. Because his story was he met Meredith. They were hanging out. They went back to hers. He was chilling out, whatever. He went to the bathroom and then he heard some noise and he went into the room and he saw Meredith dead. And then he saw someone leave. Right. That's his story. But he ended up getting convicted for Meredith's murder. Right. Okay. Yeah. So he is 100% the murderer by conviction. By conviction. Right. Right. Of... Meredith, even though he didn't confess to it, he said someone else did, but he still got convicted of it. So there is someone in prison for Meredith's murder. And that right. is this Rudy guy. Right. He was definitely there. So, and he has previously said that Amanda wasn't there, but it's all like a clusterfuck. And uh, you and I had talked about it before, how weird his story even is, because he said that he was hanging out with Amanda that night. Or no, sorry. No, his original a, story. A, yeah. Number one was... Hanging out with Meredith. They went back to hers. They were chilling out. He went to the bathroom, came back. She had been murdered. She was dead. And she he saw a man, walking Lee, out. walking out. He didn't think to call the police. That's what <laughs> I was, yeah, going to get at. He Which never... Ma- see, you know, it seems weird. And then that story does change again because probably from pressure of the police because they wanted to convict Amanda so bad. So he changed it to... Um, I know I said Amanda wasn't there, actually, but I've changed my mind. The story now is, I was in the bathroom, came back, Meredith's dead. But Amanda, I saw leaving, not uh, not a man, it was Amanda. A man or Amanda. Oh, sorry, I misspoke. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Ha ha. Ah, no, but I mean, regardless of, of all of that, even if that story were to be true... He never thought to to call the cops when he saw Meredith. Yeah. It, it just, none of it makes sense. Coming from a guy who also has record of breaking and entering into people's houses. This is such a, like, the more you, we talk about it, this is one of the most straightforward, straightforward murder cases for investigators of all time. <laughs> there's DNA. There's a, like, it's like the Greg Kelly thing. I was just about to say, I feel like in a lot of ways, this situation is very similar to the Greg Kelly situation because in Greg Kelly, we had Jonathan who could have, who was living under the same roof and could have maybe. By the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to our Greg Kelly podcast. Yeah. Uh, It's called Outcry. It's a documentary. Yeah. Go back and listen to that one. And then, yeah, you'll know what we're talking about. But um, so Greg Kelly had Jonathan living in the house with him. And it was almost like, which one would be more likely to do this crime? Greg, who's this really good football star that's following all the rules? Or is it Jonathan, who uh, has child porn on his computer? Like, it's kind of the the same situation with the Amanda because is it Amanda who had a sex game gone wrong or is it Rudy who used to break into people's houses often? Yeah. Like it just come on. It, and to also me it out, seems out, obvious. Out of the two, who called the police? Right. Rudy didn't. <laughs> yeah. Amanda did. I'm going to go with Rudy did it. Yeah. It's crazy. Anyway. It is. Anyway, if you look at the, fa- when you lay down the facts like that, I honestly can't really work out why people, I don't even know why Amanda was, even put into this it doesn't I make do. sense i do i know why and i have a theory go on then 
I just think that so they had this they had this English girl that's dead and they have Amanda well first of all they were incompetent just like they were in the Greg Kelly case incompetent uh, police and detectives they didn't really know what they were doing they had a crime scene that got completely contaminated because they let people walk through it they weren't wearing gloves they they really were just so unprepared for this whole situation so they didn't know what they were going to do but they needed to find a killer and then the easy target at this point is the girl who's from America, who has been here for a month, who um, looks kind of like not so sad and kissing her boyfriend in the corner. It's like it's an easy target and it makes them look like they're doing their job. And not only that, but I, and this might be for lack of better words, it's the sexiest way to go. It's intriguing it's people want Amanda to be the murderer in this case because that's the most interesting yeah for a media for a media stance but what about from the Italian you just said the Italian um police wanted an easy conviction yeah the easiest conviction would be Rudy right but at that point they had already named Amanda so they didn't want to be wrong right so so this is actually comes down to I just rather not be wrong yeah to be fair I hate being wrong (laughs) <laughs> you do but, but if it meant convicting someone of murder for years on end then i probably would hold my hands up by the time they had rudy's dna and they knew that it was rudy they had already pointed at amanda so it's like now let's tie it all in oh rudy must have been there for this sex game that's the only way it makes sense like what yeah that's a weird one uh, that, but uh, yeah i don't, I don't want to get into that because that's, that's just loads <laughs> of corrupt police shit yeah, so let's get back. To, let's get back on story. Okay, so I mean that's honestly pretty much it, except for um, they had Amanda's. They incriminated Amanda in a lot of other ways um, through the media. They had phone calls of Amanda talking to her friends about Raphael saying he's so hot, and this happened like right after the murder. So Amanda looked kind of weird, still talking about how much she liked her boyfriend, even though she's twenty. Whatever. Um, And by the time she was in prison, they told her that she had HIV in order for her to write down all of her past sex partners and air them out to the media to make her look like a worse person. This whole case is just so full of craziness and corruption. I actually heard in the diary that she wrote that it said um, on the this 11th page, I love Sam Bird. (laughs) (laughs) I was drinking my drink. I was just choked. (laughs) You thought I was about to give you yeah. some like crazy information. I thought you were. <laughs> you look so serious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that ended up leading Amanda and Raffaele to be convicted of the crime of killing Meredith Kircher. Amanda got 26 years and Raffaele got five or 25. Sorry. Do you want to know why she got an extra year? Mm, yeah. She, I don't know if they said this in documentary. <laughs> if they did, sorry. <laughs> this isn't like such fun news. Sam just probably just wasn't paying attention. Um, she ended up getting an extra year because she lied and said that Patrick Lumumba. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they got her an extra year for that. Um, three years later, she started, her and Raffaele started their appeal against the court and her lawyers were pretty much trying to say that they had a botched 
crime scene. Um, they had lots of people walking through. There was a lot of contamination with the DNA. It was just like a whole mess. So um, Amanda and Raffaele ended up getting acquitted and Amanda went back home and back to America with her family. Cool. Yeah, we see that bit where they were like chilling out. Back. Where's she from again? Seattle? Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. You have been there? I haven't. Oh. No. Would you like to go? Not really. It's really rainy there. Uh-huh. That's where Twilight was filmed. It's like rainy and actually a lot of the weather is similar to here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gloomy and rainy. Well, you're about to move here, so uh, welcome to the UK. Yay. Anyway, <laughs> um, so six years after that, they were found guilty again because in Italy they don't have double jeopardy like we do here in America. So if you are found innocent of a crime, you can get retried, but it went all the way up to their top appeals court and they were found innocent again. So she was found innocent twice via the Italian court system. And uh, and to me, that is another reason why I think that she didn't do the crime is because I feel like uh, these Italian police, obviously, uh, and detectives and lawyers, they don't want their country to look bad. They want to be the ones that convict someone for the right reasons. And for them to admit that they were wrong twice kind of says a lot to me. Yeah. it. Ju- I mean, like you said, it just shows that um, they didn't want to be wrong. That uh, Mignini, Mignani, whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, the detective. The detective. He, I think at the end, he makes, I I was quite interested, he makes a statement, Mm -hmm. and one of the statements he makes is, um, like, if Amanda is innocent, then I hope she can forgive the people that put her in jail for those four years and forgive God, and then if she is guilty, then I hope she... She'll face her final trial in heaven or something like that. heaven or hell. Or hell, yeah. Wherever he wants her to go. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. I do remember that. Um, which I thought was kind of a, a strange statement for him to make in the end. He's kind of like... Yeah, it's kind of open-ended, isn't it? Yeah, he's kind of like decided... I think at that point, he's like, oh, I don't fucking know He's anymore. kind of like throwing <laughs> up his hands, isn't yeah. he? Kind of like... I don't know. I, I, I just can't be bothered anymore. You know what? I didn't know that Sherlock Holmes had such a hard job and now I'm here yeah. and it's not all fucking great, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I want to stick <laughs> with to people stealing garlic bread from the kitchens. <laughs> this is too much for me. I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So <laughs> you liked that ending statement, but my favorite ending statement... And something that really has stuck with me through the entire time that we've been talking about, not only this documentary, but as I've been um, tweeting about Amanda Knox and writing the questions out that we're going to hopefully ask her next week, depending on how everything goes. You know, you can't ask all of the questions that you write down, but I have a lot written down. Um, Something that really stuck with me is her saying something about um, people are always looking or wanting people to be monsters because that's like the most interesting situation. You know what I mean? It was something along those lines. And I think that's really true in this case because I think that a lot of people want Amanda to be guilty or think that she's guilty because that is the most interesting outcome of this. It's like you want to look at this and be like, oh, the young American went there and 
killed her roommate. Like that's exciting. That's crazy. That's, that's why I'm so interested in the Chris Watts case. I'm like, that is insane. Like I can't understand why that's true or why he did those things and people attach to that and they feel some sort of connection when in reality, the DNA evidence or anything, the trial, nothing adds up to Amanda doing it, but you have this sense as a human being to want that to be true. Yeah, and it comes down from what you read and influenced by the media, like everything. Like, can you imagine if there was some new DNA and it showed, like, Chris Watts didn't do it? <laughs> I bet there would be some people that, like, wouldn't, but they'd be like, no, he did it. Yeah. And they'd be like, no, no, there's DNA that he didn't do it. Do you know what I mean? So, like, people believe, like, once someone's got something in their head and the media's influenced them, some people just don't want to change their mind. And, and they, they don't, and people, like we were going back to what I was saying at the beginning, some people don't want to hear different opinions. Whereas, like, I think there's always room to hear a different side to things. Like if I'm completely wrong on something that I've said b t during this entire podcast, please let me know on Twitter. Please write me. I would love to hear you out. <laughs> like I don't know everything. I'm not an all seeing person. I don't know, but this is my opinion and this is how I feel. Exactly. And well, I just feel like in this one, the, ev the evidence just doesn't add up and it just doesn't make sense. I don't think that she went in and killed her roommate because she didn't want to have a threesome with her. I think that sounds insane. That, that bit is insane, but that's not the that's not the bit where I'm like, nah, that's too far fetched. The bit the bit for me is that there's a guy who's got a record. It, it's the other op if there was no other option. For example, if the Rudy guy mm -hmm. was not in the picture, I'd be a bit more balanced. Yeah, I, I feel like it's not like I'd believe the sex game, but I'd be a bit more. Maybe. Well, we don't have another suspect. Uh, I agree. But we have another, another suspect, <laughs> and he admits that he was there. Exactly. You know what? The proof is in the pudding if you ask me. But there you go. You'll have to make up your own mind up. Was Amanda Knox guilty or not? You know what? I'm I'm going to ask her straight up next week because we have Amanda Knox herself. She'll be joining us on Big Doc Energy. This is going to be crazy. The podcast's biggest ever guest. Yeah, I'm so excited for next week. So make sure you guys tune in for part two of our Amanda Knox series. And make sure that you're interacting with us on all of our socials. And debate me if you please, I guess. Wow, debate if you please. <laughs> yes, we will see you next week. Joined by Amanda Knox herself. Thanks, guys. Bye.